the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one on round one journalist co-founder of the line an online magazine matt gurney is here sabrina nanji with queen's park observer and john burnside toronto city councillor is here presumably with a word to be inserted cleverly at some point we'll see uh, it's the, your easter egg on round one monday morning Let's start with Mayor Olivia Chow's skating party ending up being cut off because people were heckling, and then they got onto the ice. Um, John Burnside, I'll start with you. It happened at Nathan Phillips Square, and it sort of reminds me of uh, parents saying, we just can't have nice things. I get the earnestness about a lot of people who feel that there's a humanitarian crisis in the Middle East, but can't we just go skating? I would hope, but others don't see it that way. You know, I think she's in a terrible position because there are a large number of uh, people in her circle who I think are against the state of Israel in whatever form you want to look at it. And then, of course, you have the Jewish community. And I think her her performance regarding, you know, her, her the speaking out against hate and that, especially as it relates to the Jewish community, has been very perfunctory, which is your word of the day, lacking interest, enthusiasm. And, um, and now she's in, in, in this in this spot. But here's the thing. I said from day one, she should never have waded into this. Municipal politicians, whether you're a councillor or a mayor, your job is to make sure Torontonians get along. It's not to wade into international affairs. We have a federal government and 25 MPs who get paid handsomely to opine about things like that. When she calls for a truce or a ceasefire, I mean, no one cares what Olivia Chow has to say. No one cares what John Burnside has to say in terms of when you're in Israel. No one cares what Trudeau has to say. That's a different conversation. Um, so by wading into it, I think she's created a real problem for herself. Matt Gurney, go ahead. Well, I mean, the pressure's on me now. Like, imagine yeah. if I was silent. Um, no, look, <laughs> uh, I, I have to agree broadly with the councillor here. Um, I, I was very critical of the... Um, multiple attempts mayor chow needed right at the outset of the of the conflict to come up with some kind of coherent statement because the challenge she faces is not coming up with something that the mayor of toronto ought to say at the outbreak of a new foreign conflict the challenge she was putting on herself was trying to sound like she is mayor of toronto and secretary general of the united nations <laughs> at the same time and you know only one of those things is actually her job so uh, but you know all that being said i don't blame her in any way for what happened at the skating event last night. We have had a series of protests in the city over the last um, almost, well, hey, no, in fact, we've rolled over into three months. Uh, That was yesterday. So over the last three months, we've had a series of protests that have disrupted uh, normal events in the city, traffic, commuting, um, Santa, mall displays. So I guess none of us should be shocked that a, a skating party was targeted here. And also, guys, I mean, I'll be blunt about this. People have the right to lawful protest and I even uh, am prepared to turn a little bit of a blind eye to disruptive protests that might be pushing the envelope on lawful so long as it's not violent. But look, this war ain't over yet. I can't imagine the protests are. Okay, and Sabrina, I think we've managed to uh, establish our connection. I guess some people would say it's very Marie Antoinette to decry the fact that we couldn't have a skating party while people are dying under bombardment in the Middle East. But at the same time, these protests are disrupting day-to-day life on a regular basis now. 
Yeah. And I think that just speaks to my co-panelists points here that, you know, this is the, the the mayor of Toronto having a skating party. Like, is this really the the time and place for a protest? It's like, read the room. I think I think, you know, to, to Matt's point, I am also a fan of the right to protest and even to, to make disruptions, but make it make sense. You know, go demonstrate outside the embassy. I think it eventually does a disservice to your cause to be disrupting such events. I mean, when kids are trying to take their picture with Santa at the mall. Um, and so I, I, I think that this is really um, wearing on a lot of people in the city. And for Chow in particular, I mean, at this point, she really had no choice but to sort of weigh in on this, you know, as these protesters are, are screaming at her during the skating party. OK, another aspect of some of these protests has been disruption of uh, traffic. And I'm wondering what you make of Matt Gurney. I'll start with you, because I think you also, uh, in addition to this, I mean, many, many reporters, but Kareem Asad, we were just talking with you covered the trucker protest in in Ottawa. Um, but were the police engaging in good police work when they decided to caddy some coffee to the protesters? Um, no, but I can understand how that individual officer in that moment made that decision. I think that was him thinking, and I get it very much about what am I going to do in this exact moment and not how is this going to look when the tweets and the photos start spreading, showing me carrying these coffees over to these protesters. I think it was an innocent mistake, um, but I think it was a mistake. And I, I see the way that the chief has responded. I found that interesting. And I, I'd be curious to hear what the counselor has to say about this. He has a better viewpoint for this stuff than I do. But you guys, all of us here know how reluctant the chief ever is or any senior uniformed official to publicly criticize the men and women under their command they tend to kind of do the uh the, the thin blue line approach to all this stuff so obviously it was a pr flop i know why the officer was trying to do it both as a gesture of goodwill and also as a way of diffusing the situation of going all right don't worry your donuts will get there i'll walk them over myself it made sense probably in the moment but it looks terrible when it's a photo circulating on social media worth mentioning john burnside who used to be a cop so what's your take on all this well, fortunately, I've never been in that situation. I mean, the optics are terrible, and I understand how the Jewish community is upset. But at the end of the day, you know, this has been, you know, people have had illegal protests in this city for years. They shut down intersections. They have no permits, and the police have never done a thing about it because the politicians don't want conflict, and they don't, they, they want us, they want the police to de-escalate and defuse and do all those D words. And here's what you get. You can't, you have to apply the law equally. So all of a sudden, you can't all of a sudden say, we're breaking this up. Uh, in terms of the coffee and the donuts, absolutely terrible optics, terrible decision. I bet you'll find that the officer was probably fairly new. And quite frankly, Toronto police don't have the experience of these really politicized um, protests. And so I think there's, it's, a big, it's a big learning lesson for them. Uh, and then lastly, I'll say, but by the same token, you're standing around with a protester. You might have a, be speaking to one of them that's reasonable. You, you build a rapport. You try to do that. You, and you, you take the guy a coffee or, or coffees. Terrible decision. I can see how it happened. Okay. And Sabrina, my own thinking, and I realized that it was a spontaneous uh, gesture, but this police officer could have said, hey, all you guys on the bridge, you want the coffee that just got delivered? Come here. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think that could have that could have been a, a great tactic. I mean, the things I would do for a donut. But I, I mean, I think that this just raises questions about consistency here. I was reading in the Sun that the police union is concerned about the direction and resources they're getting for handling these protests, and and I think that it's it's valid. You know, there needs to be consistency when we compare to how the Freedom Convoy demonstrations were handled, or or back during the G20 protests, or even anti-abortion marches. It's like I understand each of these cases have specific logistics, to, but the optics, especially of, you know, handing coffee out to pro-Palestinian protesters, it gives the impression that some groups are getting different treatment by cops than others. And that does nothing to, you know, repair the broken trust that we have in our institutions, especially with police. Let me take advantage of the presence of a city councilor to ask you. Shelley Carroll declined to appear this morning, but the city's budget chief is warning that we could be looking at a substantial property tax increase. And I'm trying to remember, I think it was uh, Scott Reed this morning on the Morning Brief who said, yeah, I realize I don't want to be pro- yay, yay taxes, but Toronto is not actually paying taxes that cover the spread. So I love Scott. Really smart guy, really funny. I disagree with most of what he said in that in that interview the, this morning on the Morning Brief. Uh, we may have to raise taxes, or we will have to. I get that. But we also have to stop paying for things we're not supposed to be paying for. And I think we haven't had that hard look. We And I'll just give you two examples, John. Uh, we have nine, 10 long-term care homes. We only need to supply one. That's costing us $90 million a year. That's a provincial responsibility. Here, take it back. Go Transit. Each fare is subsidized about $9 by the Ontario government. All the surrounding municipalities use the Go Train. Toronto, we get no subsidy for the TTC. Those are just two examples. I'll give you a third one. I talk too much, I guess. Um, if, we had no, same, this. if we had the same number of shelter spaces proportionate to other municipalities, a proportionate number, I should say, we'd have 2,000. We have 10,000, five times as many as other large municipalities. You know, we're, we have an unequal burden. And then in terms of people say, well, our taxes are too low. They forget the land transfer tax, which is the municipal portion is borne out only in Toronto, no other municipality. If we were, if we were to uh, take that away and put it back onto the property, all property tax uh, payers, you'd have to add ta- uh, um, raise taxes by about 19%. Okay, well, that's a wallop. Sabrina, your thoughts? Yeah, buckle up. I mean, I think that we we all knew this was coming. Uh, I guess we're waiting to see how much uh, of an increase it's going to be. But I, I still think that, you know, there could be some more uh, hits for, for Toronto like coming down. I mean, this uh, even a property tax increase is still not going to be enough to deal with the city's fiscal problems. I mean, even that that deal with the province in which the province would upload the the highways and save billions over the next decade, it's still not enough to cover this. So I do wonder if this is going to be used as some leverage from the higher levels of government to get more funding. But to the councillor's point, I think, you know, this is a, a web of issues for the city to untangle right now, and it's not even close to being over yet. Okay, I wanted to hit on one more thing, and I'll start with you, Matt Gurney. You may be the only person who gets to weigh in on this anyway, but uh, some Toronto parking spots listed for sale at 100000 to $150,000. That's got to be one, I mean, good location, but also what are you going to park in a parking spot that's worth that much? Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not going to come out here and say this sounds like a great idea to me, because obviously I think I rolled my eyes as hard as, as anyone else did. Uh, I generally have the attitude that everything is worth what someone's willing to pay for sure. it, and I try not to get that precious about this sort of thing, but... It, <laughs> 
I imagine if someone is going to drop that money up front and they're going to use the spot over a long period of time, or hey, maybe they move out in five years and they sell the spot the spot and they recoup some of their money back it might not be a bad financial investment depending on how it's used hey it might even be a good financial investment depending on how it's used but i this is the sort of story that's going to end up in a museum documenting the fall of our civilization it's like well and there became the time when the parking spots were worth more than a home in a different city this is one of those blinking red lights and we should probably pay attention to it although it should be argued that it is in the the most expensive one is in a building where if you buy a condo, it comes with another condo. Catch the round table, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.